Eight films have been nominated, but only one will take home the prize. You're listening to the Quest for the Bestest 2021 Oscar nominees edition from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Quest for the Bestest. We're talking about the Best Picture nominees of 2021 in preparation for the ceremony later this year in a couple in about a month April. or so in April. Yeah. Um and today we're talking about Sound of Metal from Darius Martyr starring uh Riz Ahmed mainly. It's mainly about it's mainly about Riz Ahmed. He plays the metal drummer Ruben and some stuff happens to his ears. Now, Last week, we talked about Judas and the Black Messiah, and we had a lot of interesting stuff to uh, say about it. I highly recommend you go check out our discussion. Um, but we didn't have any rankings to give it because it was the first film of our um, 2021 Best Pictures. So today, we're going to figure out where they where they stack up against each other. And so, let's begin by talking about The Sound of Metal. And yeah. this, I think this is a very powerful movie. I just want to say this. I'm a sound designer, and this movie, and I use my ears, and I really like all this like sound design. I wear headphones a lot. This movie was goddamn terrifying. Mm. So scary to me to watch. Watch what happens, and we're, we'll talk about why. We'll not watch to hear what mm. happens, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna talk about it. Um, and and I'm just gonna lay it out there right now. If this movie does not win best sound design, I'm gonna throw a fit. Because well, it's not going to win. It's not going to win best sound design. It's going to win best, best sound. sound. Well, okay, that's right. That's, uh, it's going to win <laughs> the sound award. Yeah. If it doesn't win they, in they that category, the, they eliminated the, the separate sound design and sound mixing categories and combined that into best sound. Yeah. So, but yes. regardless of the categories, this film I think has the best sound of any that I've seen yeah. so far. But that's only one part of it. It's a it's a pretty big part, and I think we should dive in deeper. But first, I want to hear. Your guys' thoughts after I stepped down from my bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think you really. I, I, I believe we're correct in opening this film, opening this review with acknowledging the sound design of this film because I think there are two stars. It's the sound design and it's Riz Ahmed, and uh, I, that's the going to be the bulk of our review. And they're both absolutely magnificent in this film. It's uh, both of them, you know, sort of um, they very much immerse you. They bring home the emotional residence of this film in. Uh, separate but equally powerful ways and uh, i i very very much enjoyed this film i think sound of metal is staggeringly good i i really loved it um i think riz ahmed is incredible i hate to say it and completely destroy any credibility i have on this program but prior Mm -hmm. to this film when i think riz ahmed i think rogue one so i Um, didn't have a lot of expectations yeah Yeah, he is in rogue one and I, hmm. so I didn't have a lot of familiarity with him, but he he stunned me. His performance, it reminded me of watching Jake Gyllenhaal, the way that he becomes immersed in this role mm-hmm. and just sells this character that I never would have expected a lot out of. It's and, funny, you bring up Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he was his co-star in Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yep. Oh, my God. I love Nightcrawler. I forgot he yeah. was in that. <laughs> yeah, he's, but, the, um, he's the assistant. I, I think this film is incredible. I, I think that Timo's point about it being terrifying is true because it's what's great about the film thematically, I think, is how applicable it is. There's a heart yeah. to this movie that is that is not so overt that it hits you over the head, but it's so powerful. I think the ending of this film is so powerful and it brings its thematic material home. And I think that not a single second 
is wasted it packs a punch it's emotional it's beautiful and it's i hate to say it, it's my favorite movie of the year so mm, interesting whoa very interesting yeah I've got to say that my basis of Riz Ahmed was not Rogue One. I totally forgot he was in that. I don't like Rogue One. It's kind of forgettable. But uh, is he, instead, he's the villain in Venom, uh, which, is, which is where I was familiar with him. But, but clearly, he has a much larger filmography that is, I think, a little bit smaller stuff. And this is, aside from those ones that we've talked about that are large franchise films, I, I think this will help him break into larger films and receive the recognition he deserves because he really was fantastic. And Tanner's right in there being two stars, two hearts to this film, the sound design of Riz Ahmed, because he is so central to the film in ways that not many main characters are. Uh, mm-hmm. He just takes he takes center stage for literally every aspect of it. And I, yeah. and I think that's an interesting way to portray a film, portray a character, portray the impact of, of uh, just something terrible happening to someone and watching their growth throughout um mm-hmm. it, it worked really well and honestly i'm just excited to see him in in more films he actually did another film last year that i know some of our other friends like it's called uh mogul mowgli uh maybe i'm mispronouncing that but uh that also i remember seeing that one interesting yeah. well, so, so he's got he's got stuff well we i think we yeah. before we we dive into the specifics here it was just a little overview of the plot um riz ahmed plays ruben a metal drummer who in the first couple of minutes of the film loses his hearing nearly completely mm-hmm. and um, then goes through the stages of figuring out what to do once once his hearing is completely gone. And so, I mean, just for me to start out, that first scene where I um, where w- we watch and we listen, they're really they're they're hands on and they're very creative in the sound design here. They mm-hmm. shift between showing you what it sounds like normally in a scene, what 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 the sounds are as captured by microphones to switching what it sounds like for Ruben. And Mm -hmm. while I think that that can be interpreted as very on the nose, it really works for the benefit of the film here. It's, 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 you know, exactly what's on the nose. I mean, it's exactly what's needed. They would have done it any other way. Yeah. And so, and, and there's transitions between, you know, drumming and it just like fades out and, and I think I really want to learn more about this. I want to know about the, the sound design research process. I mean, just from someone who really likes this kind of stuff, I can't imagine how much fun this would have been because I got the impression that they had figured out what it would sound like. You know, you can't yeah. just be creative and make something up. I think there's real research and they must have done real, you know, figuring talk to people who have who have gone partially and completely deaf and figure out, you know, later on when he gets the implants, what those sound like. Um, sure. And like there and, was a yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, you can finish your point, but I I do have some a little bit a bit of trivia. About ah, okay. That. Well, it's just like all of this this very conscious choice to use sound as I think the primary um, emotional and storytelling method across the film. The story happens, but it is driven by what we can when we can hear um, Ruben and when we can't hear what he's hearing. Um, mm. And it comes, you know, it it comes and goes. It's I think it's well pl- placed. Um, you know, there's some scenes where you don't hear it and there's others where you where you do hear as him. Um, and each time you hear as him and it's it's like a total it's like a wake up call. I mean, I'm I try to be careful with my hearing. I try not to blast the headphones. <laughs> and yet I, I am aware that, you know, in his as in his situation, if I lose my hearing, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know what I, I'll, I'll lose the thing I love. So. I mean, yep. just like personal, you know, we talk about in, in other episodes of Quest, the personal connection, whoo, for me, it's really there. Yeah. 
Um, in preparation for this film, I don't know if you'd call this pre-production or not, but Darius Martyr, first time, first time director of this, by the way, is, is his directorial debut. Wow, what a what a what that's true. I'm, I'm and, serious. I don't think that's true. <laughs> okay, well, continue, Tucker. Tucker will fact check uh, this. Our, yeah, uh, he directed Loot in 2008. What is that movie? Okay, great. Has <laughs> anyone seen it? <laughs> uh, anyway, we Darius can say he's Martyr. he's relatively new, at least. Yeah, this is. I mean, for a second movie, very at the very least. Same with Jason Black Messiah. True, that's also true. Yeah. Um, so Darius Martyr and lead sound designer Nicholas Becker did apparently a year and a half of preparation on studying um, and researching what the hearing loss actually sounds like, the various aspects of it, the implants, like Timo brought up, what that actually all sounds like, and then having to figure out how to recreate that artificially. Yeah, I I, I buy that completely. I mean, that's yeah. incredible dedication, It's and it works. I think it really pays off. Yeah, I agree. I think what's so effective about this film is that, for me, that's not even why it's so special. It's it's really incredible work from a sound perspective. It's it's mm-hmm. it's an excellent gimmick for the film, but I don't even think that's the heart. I I think a lot of it is is how Riz Ahmed deals with this and deals with trying to recapture what he had and finding this new life and then throwing it away for a shot that he doesn't even get in the end, recognizing that what he found is at least bringing him a little bit of peace. I I think that this film succeeds beyond being gimmicky because it's a really emotional and very personal story that's very relatable and universal, but told in such a unique way. I think for me, the reason the film works so well is I was going into it expecting the story to be mostly at the beginning, like a first act of him having his hearing, getting us introduced to the character. He's going on a tour, you know, playing drums constantly. We get a bunch of of a heavy metal concerts. Um, but the story is not that. The story is is instantly him losing his hearing and learning to learn to be deaf. And and that's really what we watch for the majority of the film. And that subverted my expectations in a way. I'm like, oh, this is a lot more compelling of a, of a story concept from, from a structure format than, than I was expecting. And I just have to say, as someone who is not particularly, I don't have an affinity for sound, but I do have really bad tinnitus <laughs> and this movie does not help my tinnitus with all the screeches and all the beeps and bloops uh, of, of listening through the, through the hearing loss. I, I sit in bed at night and I hear high pitched ring constantly. And I'm, I'm worried about my hearing. I don't, I don't, I don't blast a lot of music. I don't go to concerts. I have no idea why I have tinnitus, but it, it's interesting to hear something that mimics something that I experience every moment of every day in, in, yeah. And of course, that's hearing loss. I, I I hear too much sound, but um, I don't know. It's just it's another personal connection that I can draw to it. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, Abram brings up a really good point about this about the sound design not being a gimmick because it's rooted in Riz Ahmed's performance and his character is just something that uh, is another marvel of this film and how how well his character is portrayed. Uh, well, they don't they don't dish it out to you in front of your face that you have to pick it up from context clues um, about him being clean for four years and him and his girlfriend Lou being together for four years. Just the ways like uh, as he as he's uh, experiencing life in the deaf community uh, and you look back and you understand what his character is, you're like, oh, that's why he he gets up early. He makes breakfast. He puts on the music. He gets his girlfriend up. This is a man. This is a guy. This is a character. 
who is dedicated, he's driven, he does everything in his own way. And when he starts to lose his hearing, you see that he is when he when he starts to lose his hearing, he's being an asshole, essentially. That he's being maybe the biggest asshole you could be in that situation. He's like, no, we got to keep going, we got to keep on the tour. And you get that he's dedicated, but it's also because he's just so driven to take care of himself, his surroundings, and everyone in his life. And uh, the way that that character is uh, fleshed out and developed in this story is really amazing. We, we talk a lot for longtime BLB fans about subtleism on this mm -hmm. program, and that's really true in the way that this film is written and constructed. The ways that you that you understand that he was an addict and a user without ever seeing him do drugs and the yeah. way that, that his you know, his charisma is clearly somebody trying you know to get drugs and now that's manifesting somewhere else and and everything mm -hmm. he does is informed by a past and the character that he knows and that the audience is given access to but not you're not hit over the head with it you know right the film is is very good about very earnestly and organically giving out information as you need it without you feeling lost or without it feeling too vague. I really love that. I love the way that he's characterized. And I think that subtlety extends to Riz Ahmed's performance, who doesn't even have to say anything to convey a lot. His, yeah. his facial acting is incredible. His body language is incredible. I, I, we were talking last time, uh, last in the Judas review about maybe one of these guys should have been up for best actor, but mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Because nobody, I don't think, have not seen everything, nobody's mm -hmm. beating Riz Ahmed because he deserves an award for this performance. I think it's incredible. I'd say, I'd say if Chadwick Boseman uh, were not up oh, for it this true. year, uh, Riz Ahmed would be, would be far and away the winner. That's yeah. a great point. I forgot yeah. about that. This film yeah. has, is, is, you know, for a film about hearing loss and whatever, and a lot about the deaf community, it, it is very sparse in the dialogue, but even mm -hmm. in our fully hearing scenes, you know, in our scenes where our characters are all, are talking to each other, it is very sparse. And a lot of it is communicated through slight glances and through body language and, and all that kind of nonverbal acting, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then it gets heightened when, when he's in his, when he has to learn how to be deaf and I think that really works very well. And it's anytime you can, as a director and as an actor, as you can pull those kind of performances out of your characters, that's something to be celebrated. And it because it's it's just hard. It's hard to get that kind of stuff to read mm -hmm. as well as it does in this film. Yeah. I, one other thing that I think is interesting is we're talking about his personality and and how he gets up in the morning. He's a very driven person. But I think it also ties into the underlying theme of the movie, which is addiction. And not mm -hmm. only is his addiction to drugs, which he has gotten over, but, you know, still sometimes feels the craving for. But his addiction to the life that he led, that high octane drummer life that he really wants to get back to. He can't imagine changing his life to do something else. And he will do anything to get mm -hmm. back on that track even if it doesn't end up working out for him, even if it messes with the lives or the wants of people around him. And it's also just interesting to see not only a deaf community, but a deaf addict community. Like there's so many yeah. intersecting and unique concepts here that you don't see tackled in many films that I think make this so compelling. You have him being an addict, you have him being going into the deaf community, you have him being a drummer who's losing his hearing. You have the fact that he's losing his hearing, which you don't see in movies very often. And and just, there's just so much to this that I, I, I found myself just compelled all the way through because I was, I couldn't wait to see what was happening next because there was, I don't know, there's so many unique concepts. I know? felt like this film, you know, having dealt, dealing with all these heavy weighty subjects that need to, you know, there are certain ways that deaf people act and that want to be 
portrayed. And this film was very sensitive in the way that it it tackles that. You know, it it deals with the 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 idea that deaf communities are proud of their deafness, and that's who and and that's a lot of who they are. And the idea that it's not something to be fixed, and it's not a disability, and that they'll come together under that guise. It's a major plot point in the film. But it, it's still something that needs to be said when you're talking about all this stuff because, you know, we're all hearing people. And so it's second nature to us. And, you know, for the first while, if I were to go deaf, I would probably think of it as a disability. Um, and yet that's not how, you know, that's not how the community wants to be treated and wants to be represented, which is this film does very well in being very equitable and very sensitive to those matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we want to talk about the community, the deaf community more, I think we should talk about Paul Racy as Joe, uh, who's a very strong contender for best supporting actor this year from from all things I've heard. Um, I think he is very much a supporting actor because, as we've said, this film is very, very, very central to Riz Ahmed. But even in the scene that they give him, uh, I can I can just see it now. Paul Racy wins the Oscar. He's walking up the stage and they throw up the this scene when he's when he's kicking um, Ruben out of the house for to undergoing the treatment, that's the scene that they're going to throw up for if he wins this Oscar because yep. that is a great uh, single scene performance from him. It was because incredibly powerful. <laughs> you you have to see him fighting his own his own care for Ruben because he genuinely does care about Ruben. He goes out of his way to help him to uh, figure out a special routine for Ruben to over- overcome not his deafness, mind you, but his his addiction, his addiction um, not to drugs or anything, but the thing we talked about him his addiction to being uh active and having to do something all the time and uh and you see him fighting that care for ruben and also fighting for uh the care for this community who he thinks shouldn't view deafness as a disability and he's forced he has no choice but to kick ruben out of this community i really love uh the character of joe and i love the relationship that he has uh with ruben and what he pulls out of out of this film because i love much like Ruben, how subtly we learn about Joe and how we mm-hmm. learn that he and Ruben are very similar in, in what they've faced and in where they're going. And I, I think this idea of, he says something like finding the kingdom of God in, in the yeah. stillness. I, I think there's something really powerful and really applicable, especially when even outside of Ruben's addiction and and his vices and everything he can't stop working he has to fix the eaves mm-hmm. he has to fix anything and i'm pretty sure at least i can i'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to that that theme and this this idea of trying to find a stillness i think that's so powerful and i think the way that it comes to a head in that final sequence when when ruben takes his hearing aids back off mm-hmm. is really great and it pays off the the importance that joe had even if ruben couldn't really show it i i the, the impact Joe is able to have on the film narratively and thematically and on the audience with so few scenes is really incredible. Yeah. I, I got to bring something up guys is this is my major criticism of the movie. We haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't done any criticizing of this movie, but I do think there are a couple aspects that I find to be not major flaws, but ones that certainly did hamper my, my overall enjoyment is I think that the supporting cast while their good performances are not fleshed out enough. I think that Joe is the strongest one but he's re- kind of really the only one. Even his girlfriend, Lulu, leaves for the v- majority of the film, which makes sense in the context, but you don't really get a ton about her in the in the little 
tickles you get of, of her personality don't really play too much into the plot. Um, there's a whole deaf community around him. You've got surprise Lauren Ridloff showing up as the teacher mm-hmm. who didn't really get any personal uh, growth or personality. He has a friend who just shows up uh, and it helps him sell this stuff, but we don't know their name. Like, I feel like there's such a focus on um, on Ruben's character that it does leave behind the people around him. And I really think that that could have fleshed out the world a little more. It could have been given us a little more interesting perspectives on, on the situation if we we're able to learn more about those characters. Um, and I just found myself confused when he was interacting with people because like, oh, well, we don't really know anything about them. We don't really know what's going on. So it just feels a little bit empty. Mm. I felt like because the film um, had decided to be so centered around Ruben's character that it wasn't and it was very obvious to me that that while yeah I didn't you know get a huge amount of detail from the other characters I felt like because I cared so much for Ruben and to see what was happening to him that everyone was literally there just to support him as a plot you know from plot wise and so while I agree <laughs> that 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 you know that they, they didn't have a huge amount of of detail in their characters it doesn't necessarily present a huge issue to me as 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 I watch. I would say that the reason I think I'm I'm focusing so heavily on that when I consider this film is that a lot of the impact that this that he has as a character is on those around him. You get you get you have to feel for him because or, and be against him in some situations because he's leaving behind people because he's not listening because he's so stuck in his addiction that he in moments doesn't care about those around him and if we had gotten more development for those characters i think it would have felt like a bigger impact when he does you know sell his thing or or has to abandon the community or you know he shows up and he teaches the kids if we'd gotten more connection with the kids like the fact that he had to leave you know that would have felt a little more impactful but i don't know i i think i think it's a not a huge deal but i think it's definitely something that needs to be commented on so um, I dis I disagree. I I think it it depends on who you're talking about. For instance, I think Lulu is very well spelled out insofar as she needs to be for the narrative. The ways that you learn about not only her past through through her father, which is a little bit expository and weird, I would say, but but the the relationship she has with Ruben and how that informs her mental health and how they both play off of each other and her leaving him and finding a much brighter future in the absence of, of the cutting and in the and with a, with a much more healthier sound to her music, you get a lot out of Lulu, I think. It's important. I think it is important to, to like Timo was saying, realize that this film is contextualized around Ruben. And what you learn in the margins, I think, is very useful for Joe, mm-hmm. for Lulu. I got an excellent sense of those characters. And what I think is effective about the deaf community and why that hits so much when he leaves is because you do start to get those threads of supporting uh, character characterization with the teacher. You can see they, they're like sharing glances. The, the kid that he plays the drums with on the slide, which is, the, with, which is an excellent sequence. You see him developing these things with, uh, with the, the girl he, he makes a tattoo for. You get these, but then Ruben leaves, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. powerful that when you're on the cusp of knowing these characters, who are opening up to him as he's kind of opening up to them, he, he, he taps out and he recognizes at the end the mistake in that. But I, I don't think, and because of that, because it's so, I think, pointed, I don't view it as a criticism of the film, especially when I feel like there is more to Joe and Lulu than I think you're letting on. Yeah, so. I think uh, Abram used a great term there, in the margins, because 
uh, Ruben is essentially between two worlds this entire film. That's his character arc is having to cross over from one into the other. And he's interacting with people who are in the margins uh, of his life on either, in either of those worlds. And the audience is, is in that same thing with him. I think uh, something that this film does very well is immersion. I think that is, uh, this is a capital, capital I immersive film, uh, primarily through the use of sound design, but uh, also in Riz Ahmed's performance. And uh, we are yearning for that familiar sound, that, that feeling of familiarity, that the, the same way that Ruben is. He wants to get back to his regular life. But I think a really heart wrenching scene in this is when he gets his he gets his hearing aids. I like, was okay, waiting. I was I waiting to talk about this scene. I have to give. I have to sell my RV. I have to. Oh, I, Lulu's. Uh, she's in. She's in France doing another thing. I have to. I have to. I have, I have eight weeks to get this money together to buy back our RV so we can get back on tour and everything can go back to normal. But first, I have to. I have to get these hearing aids. They go to the surgery and he's completely deaf for three weeks. And he sits down and you get the first time that they click on, he's like, "Oh no, that doesn't sound right." She's like. Oh, we'll make an adjustment. He's like, oh, okay, good. We're gonna make an adjustment, and then she makes an adjustment, and he's like, "That does still doesn't sound right. Can you adjust it again?" And she's like, "Well, what's happening here is that your ears don't still don't work. It's just the implants tricking your brain into thinking that you are hearing." Yeah. And the the, the facial acting, the 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 subtleism that we love talking about here, and just and the sound design. We got it, you know, and the sound design, of course. Uh, that- is really what it, it grabs your heart and it just stomps on it because that is you you feel his pain in that scene he's like oh this is it this is what i've been fighting for this entire time and he's like well i guess i gotta keep going this is this is and that's because a character arc isn't completely finished but it nearly is and i think that scene is just immensely powerful i mean just to talk about the sound and how it, it totally sells all of that i mean you heard it as well as i did it sounds horrible it sounds just awful. I mean, I can't imagine yeah, yeah. going the rest of, you know, living with that as what I hear. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the acting and everything is just all complemented by this, like, truly, I think, an excellent achievement in sound design where they sell this, they sell the emotion and they sell it just by, like, I mean, it's horrifying. It's, it's <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't really have a good way to describe it other than I'm just like, like a grading it has i mean it's just like wow i don't i really really want to find out more about how they did mm. the sound process for this film just because it was so excellent and because it's so motivated it's excellently motivated within the story mm. i think what's so great about that sequence as of the context of of just the scene is the dread it puts I think in, in me as an audience member, mm-hmm. especially when you get to where Lulu is singing with her father and you know yeah, that the sound is going to flip. But it, it, he, it, yeah, sorry. They switch, but they they hang on it. You you don't mm-hmm. you don't get the flipped what Ruben's hearing for a while. And that really hurts because you know what he's gonna hear mm-hmm. when it changes. Well, you know he's lying other times when he says yeah. that he's all good, because you know he's not. You know he's not hearing how he wants to be hearing. And it's just heartbreaking. And then when he says, oh, you sang beautifully. I thought you were really, it's like, he's like, you don't know that. Like you, you couldn't, you, we heard what you heard and it didn't sound like anything. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it really hurts. <laughs> One other thing I, I have to comment in this sort of ending section that where he does have his implants and we are cutting back between, you know, actual sound like we hear it and, and the way that the implants are tricking his brain to hearing it is you get a lot of sequences of him being just existing in the world and listening to it through his implants and it's just 
it's horrifying. It's terrible. It's Everything sounds garbled. Yeah, and and really just obnoxious. Um, but we don't ever get a sequence of him listening to metal music like that. And you just have to infer well, of how yeah. terrible that would yeah. be. Because if if a crowded party sounds like that to him, imagine what drums sound like. Imagine what a a, a screaming crowd at a concert mm-hmm. sounds like. And I like that they're restrained in that, and it doesn't actually tie back to the metal concepts at the beginning because it allows you to infer that. Because he's thinking that in his head the whole time. He's like, well, shit, we can't go back on tour because I can't I can't listen to it like that. And And you never get that moment but you can infer it. And I think that that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, he's lying. Like Timo said, and that's where his, that's really where his character arc concludes. He's like, I just gotta, I, I gotta give up on the hearing aids. I gotta give up on this journey that I've set myself on. I just gotta, I, I really truly have to live with this now. And he, he's, he, he's like, I can't continue to lie about everything I hear, how it sounds amazing. I can't, I can't go back to heavy metal drumming and that's where you and and you know what it is down in that park bench and he <laughs> takes off his hearing aids well it's it's the it, bell it's, those bells sound the bell. and they're just like, like just like this is it you know i, I, I can't I, do this this film was a joy to listen to on i have some pretty hi-fi setup here so i have good good headphones mm-hmm. good good sound system and um oh that was just like i wanted to take yeah. my headphones off <laughs> and then yeah, he did and i was like i was like oh my god I was like yeah <laughs> well, I he think we should. On that park bench. Oh, sorry. I I just want to wrap. He Go sits down it. on the park bench and he takes off his hearing aids, and you can see the peace just wash over his face, where he's like, "All right, this is this is this is it now. I yeah. finally figured it out." I've he's sitting just like Joe told him to. By the way, he's sitting and he found peace in that stillness, and and in the silence. Yes, I I think I think there's two there's two moments at the end of the film that really hit. That one I think is is empowering i think that's one of the few empowering moments of the film sure and right before it is the one where they really take the wind out of you when lulu comes back to bed and they start talking and she starts scratching her arm and he just says it's okay and they hug and and it cuts away Mm -hmm. that's an incredibly powerful scene and that's and i think that perfectly encapsulates how much nuance there is in this film the, yeah. the, how much you're able to communicate just with her body language and him saying it's okay and them both recognizing what that means and not saying it and the audience understanding it really leaves this just not in you that that is yeah. that is loosened a little bit by by the scene with him finding the piece of taking the, the hearing aids out but this film really grabbed me i think emotionally yeah. and i think that's probably behind this the 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 technical achievement I think that's really why I love the movie so much. Yeah. I want to say that I think that there are other empowering moments in the film. I, I think that a lot of the film is actually empowering in certain ways. It's I, I think under the under the obvious tones of dealing with hearing loss, it's also about dealing with addiction and and the community that helps one overcome the addiction. And I think that basically everything we see with him growing as a person by being a part of the deaf community is very empowering. The sequence of him uh, banging on the uh, slide, like you were saying, um, because that's just him making a small connection. You have him uh, teaching the kids to drum with the sticks on the buckets and also playing with them out in a field. He's rebuilding that human connection. 
and I think through all of those and, and him learning to sign and having a dinner at the table where mm-hmm. he's signing and, and able to laugh at a, at a signed joke, even yeah. though those all went over his head earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. I think all of that is really quietly empowering. It's not the, the in your face is not the right word, but overt empowerment of the end of the film that concludes his arc, but the cycle that repeats and, and, and the empowerment that he feels within himself to become a more realized person. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, and I think the reason I, I didn't initially register those as empowering because those are all great and emotional sequences is that when that when things are going well for Ruben, I checked the runtime and there was 55 minutes left. <laughs> and like the, the, the air just left me because I knew that that couldn't that, that that's not the end of Ruben's story. I thought to myself, yeah. I want another hour of Ruben finding acceptance. But that's <laughs> yeah. not this film. Yeah. which is it's it's powerful it's really well done mm-hmm. i will note that i sort of felt like it dragged a little bit in the middle for about a half hour there um mm-hmm. in the middle of the second act um not not horrible didn't drag my attention away didn't make me want to do anything else um but it, it did feel a little slow um nothing that i'm gonna really complain about more than mm-hmm. just mentioning it as a, as a note because i think so much of this other this film is excellent i, I want to we haven't talked about cinematography i thought it was really beautiful i thought it was really beautifully yeah. shot yeah you know this film isn't really about the visuals um beyond like capturing the performance but i i still thought that there were some you know had nice trend you know the just beautiful i I think it was shot on film it looked like it was shot on film had um you know nice nice color nice composition it was just feel lacking in any way it didn't feel like oh we'll go hard in the sound department and we'll kind of we'll kind of just add the cinematography it didn't feel like that at all yeah that shot where he's where he the one last time is playing the drums mm-hmm. in the RV and it cuts it cuts out of the RV and it's just like the sun is setting and everything's silhouetted and he's still playing. That's gorgeous. I think there's a lot of energy in that opening sequence when it's cutting between him and Lulu and he's just going nuts on on yeah. his kit. I, I I do think it's a very a very stylishly pretty film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of shots where I found myself just not not overtly like, oh, I, li- I like the framing of this. I, I like the set design, but just just visually appealing. I think this movie has a great color palette, which is something that, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about. But I think that mm-hmm. everything's kind of soft, but there are rich colors in places like when they're in the diner at the beginning, there's the red of the seats behind them. And I think that just there are certain moments where it really caught me. Um, and, and I especially just one random shot. I really liked. Um, when he steps out of the RV um, for for the first time in the film, it, he and I think at that point he had started to lose his hearing. Um, but it's just this really wide shot of a parking mm. lot, and that and the RV being the only thing in that parking lot, like I don't know, a bowling alley or something behind yeah. them. But it sets up the it just sets up a lot in that that they are alone, they're together, they live in this RV. There's they nothing around them yeah. exactly, and, and and that simple shot, which is already a visually great shot also really works thematically and i and i thought that was really strong to that yeah that actually takes me to my one slight negative of of the film Uh oh (laughs) is this idea of them being together and and being uh the the band i i think it's powerful that we see so little of that but i would have wanted a little bit more because for part of the film i didn't understand are they an indie band? Are they well off? It becomes clear the more you watch the film the, the scope of, of their of their fame. Yeah. yeah, but I would I think I would have liked a little bit more to better understand 
why, of course, we understand why the band is so important to Ruben, but what, what importance does this have to other people? Does he have a net he can fall back into a little bit? Is there a fandom behind him? And you get, mm-hmm. you get cases of that, like when he checks the website. But I think even if the film had spent 10 more minutes, you know, w- with them at, at their height before the hearing yeah. loss, I might I agree. just understood a little bit better his, his pre-death life. Sure. Yeah, they jump into it so quickly that it ends up feeling like a little bit jarring, which of course it is for him, but there's there's not a lot, not not any setup at the beginning for, for who he was. And then you really follow him only through when he's lost his hearing, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting choice, but I do agree. I think that that also would have um, given you a little more context for who he is and, and seeing the, the scope of what he's been doing with this, with this uh, band. Um, I, I think that would have been pretty interesting. Yeah, but I I think um I think it's it's still very good with the story that we're given and we can we can say oh I would have liked if they did this but yeah. I think it's still incredibly well made with the with what we are given. Yeah. So with that, you have anything else you want to say or do we want to give a little ranking? You don't need to send it to me. I mean, we got one or two. Oh, yeah. That is our that is our choice right now. Uh, um, binary option. Yeah. Um you want to just go around go around the round table. Abram says one. Tanner, what do you say? Tanner says one. Tucker? I won. I got a good two. And I got a good oh, two. I wow. got to go two as well on that one. Oh, wait. Ooh. Wait, hang on a second. Wait, how does that work? Okay, all well, right. Well, it's, right. it's a little now bit we tough. Have discussion. Now we get to do um, something fun. Okay. I think Talk that, to each other. Yeah. <laughs> which we haven't been doing this entire time. I think that... Um, this film does something more immersive than Judas and the Black Messiah does. Judas and the Black Messiah is a very well-made biopic that um, ex- that displays some very important topics, has some great performances, but at the end of the day, I don't think it does anything super duper out of the box. And Sound of Metal, I think, does in its sound design. I think it's such a centralized, focused character study that it's amazing in that respect. Judas and the Black Messiah it is it splits that in two. And while it, while both actors are and both characters are very strong in Judas, it just it just isn't as focused and and um, it just isn't as focused as Sound of Metal. I think if I can jump off of that, I, I I agree in in large part, and some of this is subjective, but I find that if we're talking about an Oscar, we're talking about Best mm-hmm. Picture. I think you need to look at artistic ambition and achievement, and I think that this is a more ambitious film that achieves more than Judas and the Black Messiah. Of course, that's an incredibly important and resonant story, both historically and contemporarily. But mm. I think what's so powerful about this straight fictionalized narrative we have here is is how much it is able to achieve with so little, the amount it's able to say so subtly, what it what it pushes the the envelope of in terms of both storytelling and technical element. I think this film does more and accomplishes more. I, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't take away from the the style or the resonance of Judas, but but I think it just shows how I think masterful the sound of metal is and how it's able to subvert your expectations, both just as a a viewer of film, what you expect out of diegetic sound, but also out of your expectation just of a kind of more more Oscar bait drama character study. I, I think there is so much going on here that propels it higher than Judas, which is a incredibly well-made and important standard historical drama. I just think there's more here. Sure. Mm. I agree. You, you might you might be swaying me because I'm seeing the idea of the um 
yeah. the subtle themes and how the themes in this film are v not overt. You got to think about them. But once you think about them, it, I think it has a lot to say and it has a lot of mm -hmm. interesting, it's varied. Um, and the idea that while it's initially, it's about, you know, hearing loss, which is, you know, you can, you can have that as your central theme. It's really about addiction. And this idea mm -hmm. of multi-layered storytelling with multi-layered meaning does maybe convince me that it should be at number one right now. Yeah. So, then, let, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that I, I'm put in an interesting position here. I think the reason I came into this, um, putting it one below, you know, still we're comparing the, the best of the year here. So that there's no yeah. criticism either way, but, uh, I think I came into it thinking more of how I came out of Jews in the Black Messiah, realizing that I had seen something that was educational, emotionally impactful, included a lot of fantastic performances, a lot of developed characters, was all historically accurate. I, I was really blown away by how it was able to tell that story compellingly. But through the things you guys have said and through my personal reflection of this whole discussion on what I thought about the film coming off of it, uh, sentimental that is, um, I, I think I'm also going to go up to number one. If that, if that, that could, puts us at a unanimous. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, but I, I think you're right in, in the fact that not only is this film more artistically creative, it's it's an original screenplay that I think is does the best of what original screenplay can do. Um, it's also just important in terms of putting a deaf movie essentially in the, in the mm -hmm. mainstream and, and having so much of it be using sign language and silent and, and having that adaptation to telling this really unique story that we don't get and having it being seeing so many accolades. I think that's really important. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, looking back, Jews and Black Isaiah is a, biopic it is a historical movie and we have our complaints about the fact that so many of those get nominated yeah. and win best picture so Look, again, for our ranking might yeah. as well give something super original the ball yeah i'd say so and yeah keep in mind we're comparing for me at <laughs> least both, i'm comparing these are both like I'm great movies <laughs> a, yeah i'm comparing a nine to a ten here so well you gave this a ten i gave it a ten five stars there you go that's very very interesting we we have it. We have it settled. A unanimous decision to put Sound of Metal at number first place out of <laughs> two. Yeah, we will wow. see. We will see what happens next time. Um, and so I'm curious, Monsieur Tanner, you are our oh, schedule yeah. master. What are we gonna have? Uh -huh. What are uh -huh. we gonna have up next on the docket? I yeah, believe I the next about one, that. <laughs> the next one we are reviewing the the next two I should say because we we can do these in any order because we're excellent planners by the way oh, are yeah. the father and Minari. Uh huh. Great. Excited for both. Yes. Yes. So one of those will be up on Wednesday and one of those will be up on Friday. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> are we? So we're doing the father next. That's what we're doing next. Let's just yeah, do it. Sure. Okay, well, this was, this is the one that we're having a little trouble getting because it's just barely coming onto VOD now as we record. Um, on Friday. Okay, well. That, that, okay, yeah. so then we'll have to do Minari first. Okay. Or we can do... Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about audience. This is off-camera stuff what to do. This is not yeah. on-camera yeah. stuff to figure out. You'll get <laughs> two film reviews next week, and it's going to be those two films in one order or the other. Yep, yes. sure. Be subscribe hit the bell you'll figure it out don't worry you're, you're, you're smart you on your toes you're smart you're watching backlog banter so you you are a smart individual of course are you are you a smart feller or a fart smeller 
That's Find the out next question. Week. That is the <laughs> Find out next week on the quest for the bestest best picture nominees of 2021. We're going to be talking about one of those two movies um, once we figure it out right after this. So thank you for joining me. Good discussion. Great movie. Um, and I can't wait to talk about more of these. All right. Peace. So long.